1 Chronicles chapter 21. While you're turning there, I want to tell you a little bit about our ministry. Um, I am the, the field director of the Southwest United States, and I'm also the director of outreach and recruitment. We are sent out of Bible Baptist Church. Our pastor is Pastor Ricky Gravely, and we're serving through Macedonia World Baptist Missions. And I need to share with you what that means as a director. Um, I, the director of the Southwest, the United States of America, as you know it, is still falling by the wayside at a drastic pace. It is. For every church that is planted in the United States, foreclosed. Did you hear me? For every church that's planted in the United States, Baptist churches, for every Baptist church that's planted in the United States, foreclosed. Right now, from the bayous of Louisiana to the metropolis of California, we have 235 counties, not towns, not villages, not cities, but counties with zero Baptist churches. Each of these towns could have any range anywhere from 2,000 people right on up to 60,000, 70,000 people. Now, I will tell you, I drove over an hour to get here this morning. You can only guess how many Baptist churches I passed on the way here. Here in the Bible Belt, we're blessed. We're blessed with churches. We're blessed with preachers. We get to hear the Word of God anytime you want. You can turn on the radio. I got to listen. Uh, uh, um, oh, he's the, he's the pastor of uh, White Horse Baptist Church. White Horse Heights. Brother Scott Dean. Buddy, I got to hear Brother Scott Dean loud and proud this morning on the radio. And I mean, buddy, I mean, he was just egging it on as the Rain family were singing this morning. And he was having himself a grand old time. I can tell you, out west, you, you will not find that hardly at all. Okay, Churches are few and far between. Your pastor is going to have the privilege of going on a mission trip. And may I say this, pastors need to go on mission trips. They do. I promise you they do. You say, why? Because, number one, it will give them a greater burden for lost people. Number two, they'll come back with a burning desire to want to do something great for God. And number three, that same passion, that same fire, they'll pass it down to you. All across this world, there are places that have still yet to see a page of the Bible in their own language. See, I, I, I'm, I'm a product of a missionary. My parents, they took me to the Bahamas when I was three. I know what some of y'all are thinking, right, Brother Nathan? You were suffering for Jesus. Uh, I, I grew up in the Bahamas. I mean, I lived there. And uh, they took me there when I was three. But my dad was a bush pilot, and, and we, we didn't have cruise ships where I lived. We had fishing boats. And we didn't have tourists. We had mosquitoes that want to consume you. At, at, at 6 o'clock in the afternoon, you're wanting to get inside quick. Amen? Because uh, there, there's a, a party waiting for you outside, and they want to invite you to dinner. Okay? And you're on the menu. And uh, so you want to get inside real quick. But that's what, that was life for me. I grew up with no running water, no electricity. How many of you all know what an outhouse is? That's what I grew up with. People look at me, they go, Brother Saunders, you're, you're, you're too young to know what an outhouse is. I'm telling you, I grew up with an outhouse. I grew up with kerosene lanterns. I, when I did my homework, that's what I did it on. Okay? And so that's what I grew up with. And, uh, and that Sears catalog just wasn't for reading. Amen? And uh, y'all know, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And uh, uh, I'm telling you, that, 
Those, that was life for me. And my dad was an, is, is an old-fashioned preacher. He was preaching hell hot and heaven sweet. And on a Thursday night when my dad gave the altar call, I didn't walk down the aisle. I ran down the aisle. I began to pull my dad's pant legs. And, I said, and my dad leaned over. He said, what is the matter? I said, Daddy, I'm lost, and I need to get saved. And my dad took the precious word of God and led me to Christ. And, and I praise the Lord for that. We came back to the States when I was 15. 15 years old, my dad had a, a family meeting. He said, look, I just need to tell you guys something. He said, um, the Lord's impressed upon my heart to give the airplane back to the man who gave it to me. And he said, and I'm turning Macedonia Baptist Church over to a national pastor. And that is the dream of every missionary. But for a 15-year-old, this is what I heard. We are leaving all that I have ever known and all my friends I'm leaving behind. We came back to the States. My, our, our first service was at Faith Baptist Church. That was our sending church. And, and I mean, this church, they ran 300 strong on a Sunday morning. Choir singing. I mean, it's getting on. And I'm not singing, preacher. My dad leaned over. He said, buddy, what's the matter? I said, daddy, they're all white. Because I grew up with black people. And I'd never seen that many white people before. And I was... I was, I mean, I was out of my comfort zone. I'm like, oh my goodness, look at all these white people. And my dad leaned over to me, he goes, and you're white too. Okay, so it had to take me a little while to kind of get used to, to, to a different culture and seeing a different skin of people. I mean, it just was just mind-blowing to me. And my parents, they put me in a Christian school, and I got to hear my, my, my principal, every chapel service, he'd always say this, you got two choices on the shelf, choosing God or choosing self. And I was in a fork in the road in my life as a teenage boy. I was either going to go after the things of the world or go after the things of God. And uh, I surrendered to be a missionary at the age of 15. At the age of 16, I surrendered to preach. been doing it ever since. And uh, my, my family, my kids got to go through the exact same thing that I did. Now, they didn't grow up with black people, but they grew out, up out west. We were missionaries in Montana for 13 years, and we were church planning uh, missionaries. We, we started the Solid Rock Baptist Church in a 1,200-square-foot building, and uh, we crammed 50 chairs into one room. Um, that was not, the, the room wasn't 1,200 square feet. It was smaller than that, and we outgrew that building, and uh, we rented two different buildings, or three different buildings, and then um, the church just continued to grow in those times, and when it was all said and done, uh, we moved over to 10 acres, three buildings, and uh, we, we give the Lord the glory, amen, and, uh, and, and we felt God calling us in 2019 back into missions, and uh, we rejoined Macedonia, and now I'm the field director of the Southwest United States, but I'm also the field director uh, of outreach and recruitment. We desire in seeing the next generation surrender to the call to go. And, and so because of that, we're working in youth camps, Bible colleges, Christian schools, and churches all across this country. Uh, I, I know you have already come in contact with two of my dear friends, Brother Chris Hewitt and Brother Matt Stallman. And I happen to be one of their instructors uh, at, at their youth camp. And uh, it, whether it's Beyond Borders or uh, Who Will Go. And uh, we are seeing great success in, in what God is doing in the lives of young people. In fact, we, say, I, we recognize my boys. We get out of the car and they're like, hey, we recognize that couple. They happen to be at the camp. Amen. And uh, boy, we had a great time in the Lord together. And uh, we're trying to, to, to train these young people uh, and prepare them for the mission field. And, uh, and that is our ministry. And uh, we give the Lord the glory. We just also did a Reach the World Youth Conference. 
uh, at the headquarters of Macedonia. We had about 110 young people, and uh, we saw many of them surrender their lives to the mission field. And praise the Lord, there happened to be a lost young lady there. And I say that she was lost because she came lost and she left saved. Amen. And we praise the Lord for that. And so please pray for us. We're already out to about 80% of our needed monthly support. And the Lord continues to bless. And I ask that you pray for my son. And I, um, we, I'm trying to tell churches now um, because we're trying to raise some support for that. But we're going to be heading uh, to the country of Papua New Guinea with Brother Chris Hewitt and, and a team of young men. And we're going to be gone for three weeks. And, um, and that's June of next year. And uh, we're going to be gone for three weeks. Brother Chris told me, he said, Brother Nathan, you will be preaching for almost five hours a day. That's a lot. Five hours a day, and he said, we won't be preaching to hundreds of people. We'll be preaching to thousands of people. And our, we already told Logan, we're like, get ready, buddy, because there's going to come a time you may have to preach and you may have to sing too. Amen. And the next, the, so that'll be the first week. The two other weeks, we will be in villages helping some of the missionaries get churches planted. And so there's a great work to be done. And I ask that you pray for us this morning. First Chronicles chapter 21. Look with me here. I want to find it here in verse, um, in verse 17. Will you stand with me for the ring of God's word if you're able? The Bible says, and David said unto God, Is it not I that command the people to be numbered? Even I it is that have sinned and done evil indeed. But as for these sheep, what have they done? Let thine hand, I pray thee, O Lord my God, be on me and on my father's house but not on thy people that they should be plagued. Then the angel of the Lord commanded Gad to say to David that David should go up and set up an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. And David went up at the saying of Gad, which he spake in the name of the Lord. And Ornan turned back, saw the angel, and his, son, and his four sons with him hid themselves. Now Ornan was threshing wheat. And as David came to Ornan, Ornan looked and saw David and went out of the threshing floor and bowed himself to David with his face to the ground. Then David said to Ornan, Grant me this place, this threshing floor, that I may build an altar therein unto the Lord. Thou shalt grant it me for the full price, that the plague may be stayed from the people. Verse 23, this is where we'll take our text. And Ornan said unto David, Take it to thee, and let my lord the king do that which is good in his eyes. Lo, I give thee all of the oxen also for the burnt offerings, and the threshing instruments for the wood, and the wheat for the meat offering, here's the tithe of the message, I give it all. May we go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord, I love you. I thank you, Lord, for what's already been done this morning. And God, I'm excited about being at this church. Lord, I've already felt your spirit in this place. And God, I pray, Lord, even now, may you move upon the hearts of the people. God, I pray, Lord, may you give us a greater burden for lost people, Lord, for this lost and dying world. And I pray, Father, may you call more out of this church. God, I pray, Lord, may this church be a lighthouse to this community. And I pray, dear God, may this place explode with growth. Lord, I pray, Lord, may there be people that walk down this aisle, Lord, to an old-fashioned altar and be gloriously saved. God, I pray, Lord, this morning, Lord, we know the only way that's going to take place is, Lord, if some people right here at this church, Lord, will just say those words, I give it all. And I pray, dear God, this morning, Lord, may you do the work that only you can do. Use these feeble lips, I pray. Break the hearts for souls, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to give you a little, a little bit of a background 
of this particular chapter. Anytime you talk about the sin of David, most people think of what? Bathsheba. Now, the sin between David and Bathsheba was a horrific sin. I don't want to take anything from that. I will say, though, that because of the consequences of their sin, two individuals died. Uriah the Hittite, and then the baby between David and Bathsheba. But we find it here in this particular chapter that there is a sin that came with a high price, a high cost. The Bible says in verse 1, Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. He said, Brother Saunders, well, what's wrong with... I mean, he, he is the king. I mean, that, that's what we heard even in, in Sunday school this morning. David was the king of Israel. And most kings were notorious for, for numbering the people in their nation. But God told Israel in, 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 in the book of Numbers, I believe it was chapter 33, not to number the people of Israel. But David did this thing. I will say this as well. With every sin, there's always a way of escape. That's what the Bible says. And Joab happened to be the way of escape. Joab says here in verse 3, The Lord make his people a hundred times so many more as they be. But my Lord the king, are they not all my Lord's servants? Why then doth my Lord require this thing? Joab knew the sin. In fact, he even said, Why will he be a cause of trespass to Israel? David did not listen. When it was over with, the Bible says in verse 4, Nevertheless, that the king's word prevailed against Joab. Wherefore, Joab departed and went throughout all Israel and came to Jerusalem. So he numbers Israel. When it's all said and done, the Bible says here in verse, in verse 7, And God was displeased with this thing, therefore he smote Israel. Now, God gives David three choices of punishment. Now, I don't know how it was for you when you grew up, preacher, but I know what it was like when I grew up. If my dad said you got three choices of punishment, that either meant the belt, the paddle, or a stick. All three are going to hurt one way or the other, right? God gave David three choices. And all three are going to come with a high price when it's over with. Verse 13, David said to Gad, I'm in a great strait. When I lived in Peru, South America, they, they had a saying kind of like that. They said between the wall and the sword. Here in the States, I think we say between a rock and a hard place. That's basically what David's saying. He says, I'm in a great strait. Let me fall now into the hand of the Lord. For very great are His mercies, but let me not fall in the hand of man. So the Lord sent pestilence upon Israel. Read it with me. And there fell of Israel, how many? Wait a minute, Brother Nathan. You're telling me because of one man's sin, 70,000 people died. That's exactly what I'm saying. And here we are. We're looking at an individual by the name of Ornan, the Jebusite. And Ornan says these, these four words, I give it all. Number one, I want you to see this. There's a representation. There's a representation. Ornan represents the hardworking, everyday individual just like you and I. Ornan does not come from a, a, a royal family. He doesn't come from a prestigious family. In fact, to be honest with you, he comes for, he's the last of the Jebusites. He's one, he, he, the Jebusites at one time were the enemies of God. You say, Brother Saunders, well, how is it that Ornan's allowed to, if he was one of the enemies, how is it he's allowed to live in Israel? Because he made Jehovah his God. 
He made Jehovah his God. And Ornan represents you and I. He's, he's just hardworking. And I know what it's like to work hard. When I came back from, from the Bahamas, my pastor, my pastor hired me. He said, Brother Nathan, I've got a small little farm. I've got about 50, 60 head of cattle. Will you help me? I keep losing these cows. Now, he was in his 70s then. And so I would go out and I, I would pound the post into the ground and, and I'd hang barbed wire and everything. And one day, as I was out there pounding posts, I look and see a cow and she's got two tails. Now, if you don't know what that means, it means she's giving birth to a calf, but the wrong way. So I called him up. I said, Preacher, I said, uh, I think we've got a problem. I said, One of these cows is giving birth the wrong way. He said, Brother Nathan, he said, Now, I want you, he said, uh, he, I told him what number it was. And he said, Look, I want you to stick your two fingers up her nose and pull her towards the barn. Now, there's only one problem with that. These two fingers have only been up one nose. Mine. Have you ever seen a cow? I mean, listen, it's slobbering. Oh, yes. And, and the nostrils on that thing are huge. Amen. I did what he said. He's my pastor. I shoved my fingers up her nose, and I started pulling her towards the barn, and she followed me like a puppy all the way to the barn. We're talking 500 yards. She walked. I opened the big bay door. She walks right on in. So I called him back. I said, Preacher, it worked. I mean, she's in the stall. I said, Hey, have you called the vet yet? He says, we're working on that, son. Now, listen, I need you to listen to me. I said, okay. He said, now, look, look, you're going to have to help me. I said, okay. He said, I want, he said, you see the shelves over there? I said, yes, sir. He said, I want you to walk over there. I want you to take your shirt off. I want you to get this big thing of Vaseline. I want you to put it, lather it right on up to your shoulder. I said, okay. So I put the phone down. I took my shirt off. I got right to my elbow, and it dawns on me where he wants me to put my arm. I picked that phone up. I said, you want me to put my arm where? He said, son. The vet can't come right now because the vet's doing the exact same thing you're going to have to do. He said, you're going to have to flip that calf. He said, it's going to take a lot of work. He said, you've got to lather that up to your shoulder. You're going to have to pull that tail up, shove that calf in as far as you can, find the head of that calf and start pulling on its front legs. Because if you don't, the cow and the calf are going to die. He says, it's going to be okay, son. I'm going to call you daddy. I hang up the phone. Me and that cow got close real fast. Amen. And we're talking a lot of work. And how can I say this delicately? I did find the cow's head and front legs, and I started pulling, and a lot of liquid came out, and I fell between that cow's legs. Calf fell in my lap and kadoosh. That's all I remember. Then I started hearing voices. Amen. It was my pastor. I don't know how long I sat there in shock. Pastor walks over to me, and the vet, he pats me on the back and says, Good job, son. Takes the calf around. I know it's like to work hard. You know what? Mondays are cuss words among Baptists. We don't like to go to work. We don't like to hear the word work. But the Bible says the word of work by the sweat of our brows. Amen. And that was, that was Ornan. He was a wheat farmer. He knew what it was like to plow the ground. And he knew what it was like to, by faith, plant that seed. And I mean work with his hands from sun up to sundown. Uh, he knows what it's like to work hard. He represents you and I today. Number two, there's a realization. Notice here in verse 20, the Bible says, And Ornan turned back and he saw the angel. Now let me go and just share something with you. The world has painted picture after picture of angels. But i got to be real and honest with you. 
Why is it that four boys will go and hide themselves from some, something that looks like, I mean, have you, how many of y'all ever seen paintings of angels? Blonde hair and a woman's figure. Let me just go and say it real like this morning, okay? Listen, four boys, if they see some woman standing outside with a sword, they're going to go and want to go look at it, amen? I would. I mean, listen. I mean, I've already noticed there's already several men here in this church that are packing, including myself, amen? Hallelujah. Thank God for our rights, amen? But let me just tell you something. It's one thing to get a guy's attention when a man's wearing a gun. I'd be like, brother, what are you toting? I'd want to know. I want to see it. But it's even better if you see some lady walk outside. She's got an AR-15 or an AK-47. I'm going to walk on out there and say, I'm not running to hide. I think, listen, the angels of God, those very individuals that stand in the presence of God, they are something to be reckoned with. And the Bible says they carry a fiery sword. Listen, my friend, they are something of great intimidation. The Bible says those four boys, they hid themselves. And Ornan realizes that something bad has taken place. 70,000 men have died. You understand that the nation of Israel is not that big. And when 70,000 men have died, that's somebody's husband, that's somebody's uncle, that's somebody's son, that's somebody's uncle, that's somebody's nephew, uh, that's somebody's father. Listen, men have died. Women are mourning like crazy. And I would say that when Ornan saw that angel... And them four boys, when they saw that, they could probably hear the wailing of the women all around them. The Bible says the four boys hid themselves. When will you and I realize that something bad has taken place? In 1901, the statistics show that there was 1.7 billion people in the world. Statistics also show that there was 54,000 people that were trained to be pastors, evangelists, and missionaries. We now live in 2022. There is over 8 billion people in the world. That means we should have way over 300,000 strong. We're nowhere close to that. We're nowhere close to that. You see, Brother Saunders, what are you saying? Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest, that He would send forth laborers into His harvest. My friend, I'm telling you, the fields are already white unto harvest, but the laborers are few. Oh, to God, that we'd have some people that say, Here am I, Lord. Send me. I'll go. Lord, I give it all. I give it all. May I say this this morning, not only that, but do you realize that 151,600 people die every, every day, every 24 hours? 151,600 people die every day. That's two souls per second. Think about that. Now, let me ask you a question this morning. How many of you say, Brother Saunders, I got lost family members, lost friends, lost co-workers, lost neighbors? Raise your hands. Can you see them in your mind's eye? Do you know who they are? Do you know exactly where they live? You say, Brother Saunders, but I, I'm waiting on my pastor to go and share with the gospel with them. Why? They know you. You're, you're kin. You're blood to them. Who better to tell them the gospel than you? You say, Brother, Brother Saunders, I, 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 I don't know what to do. It's one beggar telling another beggar where the bread is. Yeah, tell them how you got saved. Share the gospel with them before it's eternally too late. 
600 people die each day. That is two people slip out into eternity every second. That's 105 people each minute. That's 6,316 people die each hour, and 151,600 people die each day. I have no idea how many people are in this county. But how sad would it be to hear that 70,000 men died right here in this area? Now let me ask you a question. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Here we sit, we sit in, 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 in a comfortable church. I mean, this church has a great heritage, a great testimony. I mean, it's the structure still standing. Hallelujah. you got a preacher that still preaches, thus saith the Lord. And listen, we have the glorious gospel in our own language. This, this community needs to hear that Jesus Christ still saves sinners. When will you realize something bad has happened? Listen, that death angel, he is no respecter of person. And that death angel will pass upon even this very place. How sad would it be? How sad would it be if you were to get a phone call at the close of this service that the very individual that weighs heavy upon your heart, they slipped out into eternity. You know what you would do in your mind, your heart? Your heart would be broken. You know what you would think? Man, man, I should have done something about it. I should have gave them a track. I, I should have told them my testimony. I, I should have invited them to church. Why, why didn't I do more? Why didn't I say something? And now it's too late. Oh, but Brother Saunders... Maybe when they get to the portals of glory, maybe they might get a second chance. There is no second chance. You say, well, Brother Saunders, well, what, about those, what, what about those in South America, those, in those villages, those Indians who've never heard the name of Jesus? They, they've never seen a page of the Bible. What happens to them if they die? They too will also split hell wide open. You say, well, Brother Saunders, how, how can that be? Who, who's responsible for that? You and I are responsible for that. God gave the Great Commission to us. We got any Northerners here? Any Yankees? I didn't think so. If there were Yankees sitting amongst us today, you know what I tell them? The Great Commission was given to you guys. For us as Southerners, y'all. The Great Commission was given to y'all. Anybody from North Carolina? Okay. Ewan's. Yeah, see, he understands. The Great Commission was given to you. It was given to each and every one of us. And if they die and go to hell, it's our fault. It's our fault. Oh, and to God that we would do something about it. Number three, not only do we see a realization, not only do we see uh, uh, um, a representation, but number three, there's a response. Notice here in verse 21, the Bible says, And David came to Ornan, and Ornan looked and saw David. And went out of the threshing floor and bowed himself to David with his face to the ground. Now, remember, there's four boys. They're hiding. There's, it's a threshing floor. There's only, there's only a few places to hide. I don't know if the wheat was in bunches. I don't know if there was a pile of wheat. But more than likely, that's probably where they're hiding. Now, how many of y'all are the oldest of your siblings? Will you raise your hands? Okay, we are the elite. We are the special ones. Amen. How many of y'all are the babies of your family? Raise your hands. Y'all spoiled rotten. You got whatever you wanted. Amen. But I know how this thing works. I do. I know how it works. Somebody invariably is going to talk somebody else to go in and peek in and figure out what's going on. 
I mean, listen, those sons, I, listen, I was a son. I watched my daddy like a hawk. My daddy flew an airplane. I'd sit up front with my dad. I'd watch my daddy take that handle in his hand. He had pedals on the ground and everything. My dad was great at it. Sometimes if it was just me and dad, dad said, you want to fly? Yeah, I mean, I want to be like my dad. I'd take a hold of that thing. I didn't know what I was doing. But I, I want to do it. I love to hunt. I got a son that loves to hunt. You know how he learned to hunt? He watched me. You know what those four boys were doing? They were watching Daddy. And being a, a wheat farmer, that was passed down from generation to generation. They all knew what their daddy was, and they all were probably trained to become just like their dad. I could promise you, one of them boys is saying, Hey, where's Daddy going? Daddy's going outside. Well, why is he going outside? King David's out there. You see, Brother Saunders, how did they know it was David? I promise you. When the king shows up, everybody knows it's the king. Now, he's not in robes. He's in sackcloth and ashes. Why? Because the country, the, the, the nation of Israel is in mourning. He's in sackcloth and ashes. But everybody knew it's David. I guarantee you that his staff was there. His soldiers were probably there because they guard the king like crazy. And the Bible says an ornan went out to David. There's a response. Well, Brother Saunders, but that angel's still standing out there. Yeah, I know. You know what that tells me? That Ornan is a man of courage. You know what we need in this day and time right here in the United States of America? We need some more men and women of courage. They'll stand upon the precepts of the Word of God. They will stand for thus saith the Lord. I think about 2 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 12. Be of good courage. Let us play the men for our people and for the cities of our God. And the Lord do that which seemeth him good. I think about in the book of Jude. In verse 22, and of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. When will we have some more people that will be men and women of courage? The Bible says, and Ornan went out. He went out. Number four, I want, to, I, I, I want you to see this this morning, verse 23. Verse 22, the Bible says, David said, Ornan, grant me this place. Grant me the place of this threshing floor, that I may build an altar there unto the Lord, that thou shalt grant me for the full price, that the plague may be stayed from the people. Ornan not only responded, but there was a readiness. He wanted to do something about it. He wanted to make a difference. And I have a question for you this morning, Mountain Valley Baptist Church. Are you ready to make a difference? You say, Brother Saunders, I've been going here for years. I know that. Brother Saunders, I've been faithful. I know that. But I'm asking you a personal question this morning. The Great Commission was not only given to us as the church, but it was given to you and I as individuals. Now, I'm ready to ask the question this morning, and I'm being real with you. Are you ready to make a difference? Brother Saunders, listen, I, I preach in a lot of churches, and I, I, got, I got a lot of Christians that have told me, Brother Saunders, I always thought that the Great Commission was given only to the pastors. It's not. It's given to each and every one of us. Listen, 70,000 men have died, and there were more that were going to die. I bet you Ornan probably thought, you know what, I, I was probably next. The Bible says he went out. He met with David. The Bible says he bowed himself to the ground. And I want you to see that there's a readiness. 
David wants to buy the place. He wants to buy the threshing floor. Verse 23, And Ornan said to David, Take it to thee. Let my lord the king do that which is good in his eyes. Lo, I give thee the oxen also for the burnt offerings. Now, could you imagine those boys? Where's, where's daddy? Daddy's outside with King David. David wants to buy the farm. Daddy ain't going to sell the farm. This is where we live. This is where we've lived all these years. And all of a sudden they hear their daddy say, Take it to thee. Let my lord the king do that which is good in his eyes. Lo, I give thee the oxen for the burnt offerings. You know what those boys are probably thinking? Man, they's going to give away. I bet you the younger ones are probably saying, they's going to give away the, our pets. I mean, they grew up with these things. The older ones are probably thinking, Dad's giving away the John Deere tractor. I mean, that's what it was. He was the muscle. They, and their one always wonder was two. They'd yoke them together. And I mean, that, those yoke, those oxen, they would pull those plows. And, and when it came time to plow them to the ground, and, and then they would probably uh, prepare the ground and, and rustle it up and everything. And, and then, then, then Ornan would plant the seed with those boys. And then come time harvest, he'd go back out there again with those same oxen. And he'd thresh the wheat. He'd cut the wheat. And then they'd throw those stacks of wheat onto a sled, and those oxen would pull it all the way back to the threshing floor. He says, Lo, I give the oxen. Can I tell you something? The oxen of that day and time was one of the most extravagant sacrifices you could offer before the Lord. You know what he was saying? Lord, I'm going to give you my very best. But I'm not going to hold back anything from you. I'm going to give you my very best. But then he says something else. He says this, he says, and, and then he says, and the threshing instruments for the wood. Well, Brother Sarge, what's so significant about the threshing instruments? These were his family heirlooms. This was also his, his way of life. This is all he's ever known. This was his comfort. This was, the, 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 this was something that, that brought him his income. It was the tools of his trade. Not only was he saying, Lord, I'm going to give you my very best, but Lord, I'm going to give you my life. Lord, I'm putting my all upon the altar. He was burning the bridge. I mean, think about that. He was ready to burn the bridge and not ever look back. For his boys, they're probably thinking, no more work. Hallelujah. Because let me just tell you something. When you work on a farm, it's from sun up to sundown. And I mean, from a young age, you get your callus pads real quick. Then boys are probably thinking, yeah, no more work for us. The older ones are probably thinking, well, it ain't too bad. I mean, daddy gave away the oxen and he gave away the threshing instruments. But then they hear their daddy say something else. They're probably thinking, well, wait a minute, we're okay. I mean, he gave the the oxen, the threshing, but we got all this wheat. We, at least we're still going to eat. I mean, imagine how it's boys. They think about their, their stomachs, amen? <clears throat> you men know what it's like, amen? It, especially if you got like a long-winded preacher or something, but your stomach starts to growl. You start thinking, man, I know what my wife has fixed for lunch. Man, that roast in the oven is going to be good. Man, them, them, them cathead biscuits and, man, that peach cobbler. See, I'm preaching good already this morning, amen? So you're going, Nathan, hush, stop doing that. 
And boys are probably thinking, we got all this wheat, we're going to be okay. And then they hear their daddy say, and I'll give the wheat for the meat offering. Now, probably everybody's probably thinking, Brother Saunders, I understand why he would give the oxen away. It's the most extravagant sacrifice. I, 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 could, I, I mean, I could understand him giving his, the threshing instrument says, for the wood. But what in the world is a meat offering? In our day and time, it's the same words we use for love offering. So you've got to understand what he's saying. He's saying, Lord, I'm going to give you my very best. Lord, I'm going to give you everything that is precious to me. I'm putting it upon the altar. But God, I'm going to even go past that. Not only am I going to give you my best, and I'm going to give you what's precious to me, but I'm also going to give you my love offering because I love you so much. Of course, we know the good and well, David. David, he bought the place. The Bible says this, and David said, Or nay, but I will verily buy it for the full price, for I will not take that which is thine for the Lord, nor offer burnt offering without cost. So David gave to Ornan for the place 600 shekels of gold by weight. Now, I, I want you to understand something. Could you imagine what it was like for those boys? Daddy walks inside and says, Boys, come here. Come on out of hiding. Pack your bags. We're going to be leaving. King David has bought the place. I, I, you know, probably the younger ones probably didn't understand everything, but as they walk outside with what belongings they have, you know what they saw? This is what they saw. They saw their king in sackcloth and ashes taking 12 stones and setting them in place. And all of a sudden, here come probably David's staff out with all those threshing instruments. Ornan and his boys are still standing there as they watch David begin to put those precious things upon the stones. And then they, then they see the soldiers probably come out of the stalls with those oxen. Those soldiers will pull their swords out and cut the throats of those oxen. And they place their entirety upon those threshing instruments. Then they'd watch King David bow his head. And he began to pray. See what the Bible says here? It says in verse 27. I'm sorry, in verse, yeah, in verse 26. And David built an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings and called upon the Lord and he answered him from heaven by fire upon the altar of the burnt offering. Could you imagine those boys? You know what they were probably thinking? Wow. I mean, I would my mouth would have dropped open if I saw fire fall from heaven and consume the oxen that we used to, you know, ride and follow behind as it plowed the fields. And there goes all of our tools. Poof. I mean, they're gone. They're up in smoke. And years have passed. Brother Saunders, I wonder, I wonder if we were to ask Ornan, was it really worth it? Was it worth selling it all? Was it worth giving it all to God? I will definitely tell you this morning it is. Look, look with me in, in chapter 3 of, uh, of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 3. Years have passed. Years have passed. David really wanted to build a place of worship where the presence of God could abide, where the children of Israel could come as a nation and worship God. I, I'm grateful that you and I have a place even right here where we can come and feel the presence of God hear the preaching of God's Word, and, and worship the Lord together. Amen? But the Bible says here in chapter 3, Then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem. 
You say, Brother Saunders, I, I thought David would want to. God told David, I'm sorry, buddy, you got too much blood on your hands. You cannot build the temple. But I allowed Solomon, your son, to have that privilege. David had saved up so much, and Solomon had saved up so much. And the Bible says that Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem and Mount Moriah, where the Lord appeared unto David his father, in the place that David had prepared, in the threshing floor of who? Ornan the Jebusite. Hallelujah. Boy, you know what that tells me? If God can use somebody like Ornan, God can use somebody like you and me. Boy, that gives me, that gives me great hope. Amen. That gives me great assurance. And I'm grateful that God can use each and every one of us. You say, but Brother Saunders, it, 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 is, is there more? Oh, I'm telling you there's more. Boy, I'm about to get excited. Amen. Listen now. Hey, years have passed. Solomon and probably Ornan's boys are probably about the same age. Ornan, we haven't figured out yet if Ornan has died. It doesn't say anywhere in the Word of God that Ornan has died. I would tell you this much, though, by the, the Jewish customs and culture. When dad reached a certain age, there's nowhere talks of, his, of, of, of Ornan having a wife. Those boys' mama, we don't know if she died. But more than likely, if he's a man of old age, he's probably living with the eldest son. Messengers have gone out throughout Israel that the temple of God has been built and there's going to be the very first service. Wow. Man. And I bet you, listen, I bet you Ornan probably woke up that morning. I mean, hey, he's a man of old age. He's probably got a little pep in his step. He probably busted through the doors of his oldest son and his wife and said, Hey, wake up. We're going to the house of God. Wake up, grandkids. Wake up. We're going. And I, I, I could imagine him holding them by their hands and leading them there and everything. And he probably began to tell his grandkids, Hey, this... this this is, where, this is where we kept the threshing instruments, and, and, and that, that's where we kept the oxen. And, and that used to be the threshing floor. And look at it now. Look at it now. It's the temple of God. Oh, listen, you've got a beautiful, you've got a beautiful house of, of worship here. But I'm telling you, it don't, it don't even scratch the surface of what the temple of God looked like. There was gold and there was silver everywhere. There was precious jewels everywhere. And, and Solomon, I mean, listen, the, the, Solomon and David, the, listen, they, the, there was, no, there, there was no, no budget. Hey, man, they spared no expense. It was a place of magnitude and wonder. Here in chapter 7 of first, uh, Second Chronicles Look with me in chapter 7. This is the first service. Boy, I would venture to say that Ornan and his boys and his grandkids are probably there with all of Israel. Mm. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven, consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the house and the priest, the Lord filled the house, and the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. Boy, could you imagine what it'd be like if, if y'all came here to Mount Valley Baptist Church? Your pastor standing outside, and he says, I can't, I can't go in there. I can't go in there because the glory of the Lord has filled that place. I can't go in there. And the Bible says, and the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. 
And when all the children of, of Israel saw the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. And the king Solomon offered a sacrifice of 20 and 2,000 oxen and a hundred and 20,000 sheep. So the king and all the people dedicated the house of God. Wow. You say, Brother Saunders, what does that mean for us in this day and time? Listen, my friend. Hey, listen, the greatest thing ever is for a man to take the glorious word of God and go to a people who've never heard the gospel and begin to preach to them. And as he does so, the fire of God will fall upon that place and upon that man and upon those people. And they'll walk down the aisle to an old-fashioned altar and they'll trust Christ as their Savior and they'll feel the power of God. And you know what they'll escape? They'll escape that internal fire. You know, it should be the prayer of Mountain Valley Baptist Church. God, I want the fire of God to fill Mountain Valley Baptist Church. I want the fire of God upon that old sacred desk. I want the fire of God upon my man of God. And I want the fire of God to be upon my family. I want God to do a work in my life. God, will you please let me be like Ornan and say, I give it all. I give it all. What about you this morning? What about you? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to ask my family if they'll come back to the piano and begin to play. They're going to sing this morning. And as they do so, you know what I'm going to encourage you to do? I'm going to encourage you to find a place in an old-fashioned altar and say, God, I give it all. God, here's my life. God, here's my everything. Lord, here's my wife and my children. God, here's my, 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 my entire life. Lord, whatever it is you want, it's yours for the taking. You say, Brother Saunders, how? How's Mountain Valley Baptist Church ever going to grow? I can tell you how it's going to grow. When some people, not just the pastor, but when some people say, you know what? I'm going to be like Ornan. All those people that weigh heavy upon my heart, upon my life, I'm going to give my all to God. I'm going to go and reach them with the gospel. I'm going to be determined not to give up. I'm not going to back down. I'm I'm not going to back up. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to go towards them. And I'm I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to beg them to come to the house of God. I'm going to beg them to get saved. I'm going to give them the gospel. I'm going to invite more people. And I can tell you right now, this place will never be the same. The people right here will say, I give it all. As they begin to play. And they begin to sing. Those people that weigh heavy upon your heart right now, you need to move to the altar and beg God. Lord, please, Lord. Lord, I give it all. Lord, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to stop handing out tracts. Lord, here's my life. Lord, I want to be like Ornan. I'm going to give you my best, God. God, I want my life to count for something. God, I don't want to go to heaven alone. Oh, Lord, I want, I want to take others with me. Oh, it's high time we weep and we beg God. Here's my everything. Oh, God, use my life. It ain't much. 
Boy, I'm glad the Bible's a bunch of nobodies that God made somebody tell everybody about Him. Oh, that we do something with our lives. It's more than just living. It's more than just making a paycheck. It's high time we have a broken heart for lost souls. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take us putting our own children upon the altar and say, God, will you take them? Lord, will you send them to a mission field? I give it all. Here's my everything. 